Do you ever find yourself questioning if you're drinking too much? Do you find yourself scouring the internet for ideas on how to cut back? Do you fear that the fun will be over if you quit drinking? Decidedly Dry will teach you that you actually don't need alcohol to lessen your anxiety and stress. You absolutely don't need it to survive motherhood. And friend, you are absolutely not alone in this. This isn't just a podcast. It's a sober, curious movement. If you're ready to see how good life is beyond the wine bottle, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jess, a coffee slurping, messy bun wearing boy mom who strives to keep it real and bring a smile to your face. For years, I felt like I was living two different lives. By day, I was the fitness enthusiast, protein drinking mom who managed to get all the things done. But once the clock hit five o'clock, the cork was popped, the glass was full, and mom was checking out. This constant back and forth between fit mom and wine mom became utterly exhausting. I finally realized that in order to be the healthy, creative, joyful mom that I knew I could be, I needed to break up with booze. I created a plan that fit me, one that reinvented self-care, focused on the good, and gave me a life that I did not want to check out from. Now I am on a mission to help you create a life that you absolutely love. It's time to turn down the drinks and turn up the joy, babe. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Hey, you guys, it's Jess here, and I am just so glad that you pushed play today. All right, for today's episode, I have a very close friend, Adrian, Adrian McDougall. She lives over in Tigard, Oregon, which is, oh my gosh, probably like 20 minutes away from where I live. I am so lucky. Um, And she lives there with her husband, her two kiddos, and her giant 120-pound dog. (laughs) Uh, She is originally from New Mexico and has been a nurse for 14 years. She is very passionate about influencing rapid change in the healthcare system by developing and growing this generation of leaders. She loves being with her family. She loves being outdoors, anywhere near the water or the mountains. She is sober and she is rocking it. I am so excited for you guys to hear our chat and just, oh, you can hear the joy in her voice. Um, That is just a reflection and a product of her sobriety and her hard work. So I know you're going to love this conversation. So I'm going to stop talking and just push play on the episode. Enjoy, you guys. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry. And I am so excited because I have a very special, special guest today. I have Adrian. Hi, Hi. Adrian. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hopefully I'm not screaming at you. Hi, no, Jess. No, we adjusted our volume. We should be good. Um, I am so excited to have you on the show. I'm just so proud of you and I'm so honored that I get to like introduce you to all my listeners because you are such a special person to me. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I am so excited. Like I feel when you asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is very, this is very fancy. This is (laughs) Jess's podcast and you've been such a big part of my journey. So I'm so grateful, excited to be here. I love that you said fancy because I'm like looking around me, which (laughs) no one, thank goodness, can see where I'm seated. I'm like, an arm's reach away from my sock drawer. I have, I'm sitting on the floor of my closet as people know, but it doesn't feel very fancy, but thank you. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, well, just a little backstory, you guys. So Adrian, oh my gosh, I don't even want to try and think of how many years it's been, but we met through my stroller fitness program. You were a client of mine ages ago when we actually had yes. children in strollers. Oh my God. Weird. It is weird. So that must have been over nine years ago. Yeah. Because my sassy daughter is about nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, wow, you really remember when you were using a stroller. But then I realized you were talking about your child. <laughs> um. So yeah, you were a client of mine. And I just feel like we hit it off. And I've always just loved our friendship. And I... I don't know. I just, whenever anybody kind of discovers that or this sober journey, this sober, you know, lifestyle, it just brings me so much joy. So I want to hear all about it. And why don't we just start with my first question, which is you just kind of introducing yourself. So tell people who you are, if you have kids, where you live, all that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Going down memory lane of those Awesome classes together. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm Adrian. I live here in uh, Tigard, Oregon, with my. You're probably going to be introduced to. I'll start with my giant dog who uh, <laughs> likes to be very vocal, and my husband and our two kiddos. I have a 16 year old and a nine year old, and we're originally from New Mexico, but we've been here in Oregon for, uh, gosh, it's been about. 13 years. We took a, a two year, about a year and a half stint back to the Southwest and realized, nope, Oregon is home. So we, we came back and um, yeah, I'm a nurse and I have yeah, been on, I, that pretty much sums up my life. I'm not very exciting otherwise. <laughs> You're very exciting. It is so funny that we go through our basics though. We're like, mom, job, here's where I live. Yes. <laughs> As we know, we do many more things, but those, it's are, true. <laughs> those are the big things, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know what this show's all about. Um, yeah. So let's kind of go back however far you want and just kind of talk about your history with alcohol. So when you started when you might have sort of felt like your relationship was changing with alcohol and, um, you know, just kind of when those flags started to come up. Yeah, sure. And I do have to say, you know, because you did mention um, we've known each other, gosh, for a while now. And mm -hmm. I have to, even when I moved away, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media, but that was allowed me to keep in touch with you. And so I'm so grateful oh, for that. Um, but let's see. So I guess going way back, I was never really a big drinker in high school or in college. Uh, I'm surrounded by a lot of drinkers, a lot of family members living with alcoholism who I love and adore. But that was always what sort of drove me to stay away in high school and in college. Um, so in my younger years, I really, it wasn't a big part of my life. I certainly have plenty of stories of like bachelorette parties where I overindulged or celebrations, but really those were only maybe a handful of times, like a year. So, or, gotcha. you know, not a whole lot. And it wasn't really until about, I would say five or six years ago, when I had a different job away from bedside nursing, more responsibilities, you know, two kids at that time, a mortgage. Um, I feel awful for saying this because 
Kyle, my husband and I had worked so hard to get where we were, but mm -hmm. I just felt like I was in this rut. Um, you, I, you know, Tim McGraw music, but there's this like lyric that really resonates with me. It's like, um, it goes like, I have a life most would love to have, but I still wake up fighting mad. But and again, I feel like such a hypocrite for saying it because things were on the outside really good. But I was, yeah. I was, I just felt really stuck and like I was in a rut. Um, and I was super stressed. I had let uh, myself get really unhealthy. I was overweight. I was drinking a lot. And just, I really felt like I was watching my life from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Like things were going on. Kyle and the kids and the dog were all living their life. And I was just here to like work and watch them. And so, and I just like wasn't super engaged in my life. Yeah. Um, and then about once a month, happy hours with some friends turned into several happy hours every week. And then it came home to having, you know, one or two seltzers or mm -hmm. uh, ciders. Um, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I totally justified that like hard seltzers and ciders weren't like really drinking. So it was okay. <laughs> there was like, right? uh, it's like having a a starburst feels better than having like a Hershey kiss. Like it's still candy. <laughs> it's still drinking, but you know, it wasn't real drinking. No. Um, so uh, that kind of became normal routine for our family. And then a couple of Thanksgivings ago, my um, we were back home in New Mexico with my husband's family. And I basically just kind of doubled down and drank the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, being back home always triggers kind of some family uh stuff that i haven't yeah. dealt with and it was the my first time off in a while um sort of post covid post drama with all of the world turning upside down um and then so i really just i let loose and it was the first time that my mom and my mother-in-law and more importantly my kids really saw me drunk mm. um and so i just immediately went into this like shame spiral and i was so mortified and for several weeks, I was just pretty depressed, but nothing really changed. I, yeah. uh, I came back home and just stayed dealing like with my rut and the stress of work uh, the same way. And for Christmas that year, my daughter Ariana um, very innocently asked Santa for mama to stop drinking. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, it, it felt like a gut punch, yeah. Jess, because I had no idea that she even was paying attention. Like, again, yeah. with the, you know, corny joke about like, it was just the hard seltzers. Like, you know, what is she, um, what did she know? But she knew a lot and it obviously was impacting her. So um, I had been following along with your journey and just being like, oh, look, you know, just kind of, you know, liking your posts and honestly not thinking too much about it but yeah. that really triggered me to get a little bit more curious so i i ordered your journal right before new year's eve and i was like this is it i'm gonna do dry january yeah but i really didn't engage with like any support at all i had the journal which i love but i um i was like okay this should be easy I'm, and my intent at that time was really to moderate i don't need to drink as much and right. so i'll do dry january and then i'll go back to like my happy hour social life but i won't drink at home well i know because i was pretty consistent with the dates and times on the journal i made it till january 17th 
and um, it was a super, super long day, like a, you know, 60 hour work week. I was driving home crying and I called Kyle and I said, hey, I don't want to hear it, but I'm, I stopped, I have some ciders and I'm going home uh, to drink. And um, you know what's in reflection now? I, I wasn't telling him that I didn't want to hear it from him because he never said anything. We've mm. been able to talk about it now, but he never said a word about my drinking. He hated it, but he never said a word. It was me. I was telling myself, hey, Adrian, I'm going to let you down. You promised yourself you weren't going to do this. So I don't want to hear it from you. I right. But it. I don't want to hear it. So, um, you know, fast forward the rest several months just kept going by and just renormalized, you know, my my yeah. drinking. Um, my anxiety continued to grow. I continued to gain weight, etc. And so it was the end of the summer last summer. And I took my kids and my mother-in-law on a super cool road trip. We went from Oregon down the coast, all the way to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were like, what are you thinking? But we, <laughs> we had a blast. We had such a blast. Um, again, in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this, but I had all of our bags <laughs> and I had a cooler. Now you're thinking, oh, a cooler full of snacks. And no, sure. I, I had a cooler full of hard seltzers and, and string cheese. Cause I, I mean, I trying to be a good mom. So <laughs> <laughs> I, because in my head, I'm like, I'm going to drive all day and then I'm gonna get to the hotel and I'm going to need, you know, I'm yeah. going to need in air quotes, uh, a hard seltzer or two. So we had a lovely, lovely road trip, came back safe. Like I never, got drunk on the trip. That's not, that's not where that story goes. But um, I came home and I got super, super sick. I ended up getting a really bad upper respiratory infection and I needed like IV antibiotics and was really sick. Um, So I came home from a urgent care visit and it ironically happened to be uh, the same night as our wedding anniversary, which is also Kyle's birthday. That was his decision, by the way, not mine. He got, he decided for to the get, record, for the record, but I, I had some antibiotics, uh, that I needed to take. And without even thinking, Jess, I went in the fridge, I got a hard seltzer, I opened it up and I drank my antibiotic. And it was that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, Adrian, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I couldn't even breathe really well yet. So I dumped the hard seltzer down the drain. I drank some water. I got better. Um, and I really started to start looking into, okay, I I don't think I can do this by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started, uh, sort of stalking you on Instagram. Love it. (laughs) This is weird to admit that now. Um, following i think is yes. what, what i should say paying attention paying attention yeah, you were no. inspiring me <laughs> i fully support the stock okay no. okay very good <laughs> but then i started to see like who you were tagging in some of your stuff and that's where i found our friend deb from mocktail mom and yes. she and jen were promoting if you will a booze break sober october and so i i was like you know what what the heck? Uh, so I joined that. Um, and at the risk of sounding super cheesy, Jess, it like totally sa- saved my life. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. Um, I had to really, I think what I didn't appreciate when I tried kind of independently in January was that I really had to start unpacking some yeah. of the reasons why my drinking had progressed. And that really allowed me to. So um 
I know you're going to ask about the good stuff. So I'll, I'll wait and I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, I love, and I'm just so proud of you for sharing all of that because I think when we get ready to share our story, it's kind of intimidating, especially those first few times. Cause it's like, Oh, like how much do I want to share? I don't want to overshare. Like it's kind of an awkward feeling. Like who's going to listen to this? Who's going to hear this? Are they going to assume I really had a problem? And like we get in our head, right? Absolutely. So I just want to first off say thank you because it takes a lot to just say everything. So my biggest takeaways, my little nuggets that I pulled from your story was just, I mean, that Tim McGraw line, first of all, <laughs> hello. Yeah. You got my attention, anything country, but, but really, I mean, a lot of us from the outside, things looked great. Like mm-hmm. we were high functioning, do it all Pinterest moms that got it done, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and no one would think that there was an issue, you know, but there was like, it just wasn't good enough for us. And to be standing on the sidelines and seeing your life just playing in front of you and not being part of it. I mean, if that's not a wake up call, you know, at least it seems like from what I'm hearing, that was kind of one of the first times where it was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, I should be happy. I should be part of this. I should be grateful and be living in this moment and not escaping it, you know? No, oh, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. I was trying to escape what I had been working so hard for. To create, yeah. which you yeah. did create, you know, and I'm not saying you, I think a lot of us, especially me felt that exact same way. Mm. And I also love um, how Deb's program helped you so much because it was such another great example of like this whole sober journey, sobriety is not a one size fits all. Like there are so many different options out there and what might work for, you know, me might not work for somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that program that they offered just was, was your missing piece. It was that community. It was that, you know, someone telling me maybe what drink I should make, what can I replace my seltzer with, you know, that could still feel fun because, I think in the beginning, we also fear so much of all that we're going to miss out on. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. so to have something fun in your hand, like it kind of helps. It absolutely helps. Yeah. I, I, I totally have become, um, completely addicted to diet ginger beer and cranberry (laughs) juice because that was one of the first mocktails that we made. And it's like my go-to, I love it. And I, I bring it with me everywhere. Um, but I yeah, no, you're exactly right. I, I'm probably the f- most extreme version of an extrovert. I love being around people. And I had created this social network that really relied on happy hours. And mm. it's so funny. You said something about, um, you know, like from the outside, I remember, and, and now as I'm telling my story, you know, I talk about how, oh, it was just a couple things that made me think that maybe things weren't going well, but it was probably Mm -hmm. more than that. But at the time it just, you know, I went to, we had gone out with some of the soccer moms and we got, we had way, way too much. And, um, one of the dads came and picked us up and we had an early, you know, Nathaniel's played club soccer for years Mm -hmm. and we had a very, very early game. And there we all were with like our tumblers full of coffee in the morning and sunglasses feeling terrible. Mm -hmm. 
And I never really felt bad about that. In hindsight, yeah. I'm like, gosh, how, you know, I knew my the, the boys knew what had happened. Sure. Right? But I was like, this is just what the moms are doing. You know, yeah. we, we had hard weeks. We all, you know, yeah. So, but we deserve it, to, you know, unplug to. and relax. And, and who would have known that there was this other option? That exactly. Who would have you known? Know? Like, well, I feel and, like we had blinders on for so long where it was like, oh, this is just what moms do. This is, this is part of the gig. But absolutely. then when you get on the other side, it's like, wow, like it actually feels really good to wake up well rested and That's exactly ready right. to go and not feel like crap when I'm watching my kid play soccer or, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, literally, absolutely. Well, and you said the we deserve thing. And I think that that is really relevant in healthcare as well for healthcare yeah. workers. One of the things that, that we talked about in that sober October group was how I, I don't remember the statistic, but a lot of people um, lie to their providers about how mm. much they're drinking. I never did just like literally never lied. And so about a year and a half ago when I got was getting reestablished with the doctor when we moved back to Oregon, I was like, yeah, I'm probably drinking, you know, two or three drinks per night. And then on the weekend, I'll have several cocktails. And you know, that, I was just I, I really being a nurse, I don't think you should lie to your doctor. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, of course you do. Gosh, you've, we've been through so much. And it was almost like another validation of like, yeah, oh. you, to you totally deserve to drink. Like you just went through COVID. Like, don't worry. Like, let's focus on Isn't something else. Crazy? It's so crazy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, and I remember, I think kind of probably, kind of probably that's some, some good English for you. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here with you. <laughs> um, Around the time I was getting sober curious, or at least kind of like paying attention, probably stalking people, like let's <laughs> use your verbiage, stalking, stalking many sober individuals. But I remember going to the doctor and I think I lied on how much I drank, mm -hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, but I love your advice of not lying. Um, <laughs> but I think I followed up with like a comment when he was looking it over, you know, like kind of like, well, it's probably a little bit more than that, but I mean, we're in wine country, you know, mm. and he a hundred percent validated it as well. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, oh yeah, you're fine. There's too much good wine around here or something like, and so it was like, oh, perfect. Doc yeah. says that doc says it's fine. It's totally justified. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm good. Yeah. So, oh gosh, drives me bonkers. Um, <laughs> let's switch to the good. Yes. <laughs> So I want to know, so you used this Sober October program and it worked really, really well. So I would love to know what were some of the benefits that you started experiencing? So I'm assuming you started kind of racking up those days yeah. and I would love for you to share what you were experiencing during that time. Absolutely. Uh, I love, this is why I love your podcast. Cause I love uh, how it shifts to that. So I'll be honest with you. I didn't have like the immediate, you know, people started talking about in the group, oh, I'm sleeping so much better. My skin is clearing up. I'm still waiting for the clear skin, Jess, but <laughs> I, I had no, I, to be honest, I, I never slept bad. So my sleep didn't get oh, better, good. but, uh, <laughs> um, the first sort of thing that happened for me, it may seem small, but it was so huge, was 
um, again, just something we had really normalized as a family. So we really liked to go out to dinner on Friday nights. And I went to, um, I would always, I always meet the family after work and we meet, you know, somewhere here in the burbs. And it was an unusually nice kind of end of October day. So we sat out on the patio. I had my first ever mocktail that I ordered. Uh, shout out to the Cheesecake Factory for having mocktails. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was great. And then without even thinking about it, again, we had normalized the kids went with Kyle because Kyle doesn't drink. So, but we knew, right? Like it was this unsaid thing. The kids couldn't come home with me because it was very normal that I would have a drink or two on family dinner nights. And again, my sweet little innocent daughter jumps up off the table and goes, hey, mommy, I can go with you now. And so I did have to. I'd be bawling. I did. I, (laughs) Kyle was like, he just looked at me and I was like, I need to use the restroom. I balled in the restroom at Cheesecake Factory for a few minutes. But then I pulled myself together. Both kids ended up coming home with me. We like jammed the music. We took the long way home and it was, it was magic. And it was those little things that, you know, it was tough because I had to kind of unnormalize that for the kids. But that was, I would say sort of the, the first kind of win if you will Mm -hmm. and that's when i really realized how important the community was so i came home and i did like a video message to the sober october groups i think i messaged you too because i I just needed someone who could and i who could understand and who could Mm -hmm. relate and i ended up getting such an outpouring of support and hey good jobs and like zero judgment like oh my gosh adrian your kids used to not go with you like there was zero of that it was just good it was just support so it was the fuel i needed kind of early on to mm-hmm. sort of uh keep me going if you will and then it's just been um it's just opened up so much good and you know i used to use drinking to kind of cut the um take the edge off but what i didn't realize is the edge came with time and it came with energy and it came with my presence and i've been able to you know now that i've left that edge like literally on my evenings and my weekends i've i've committed back to my health again i've started on a you know a strength training and nutrition journey and my um you know, like my lab values are going the right way. Um, um, and so, and I've, I've started my own health related podcast and I'm pouring some energy into, uh, doing what I love to do for work. And it's just, it's just been amazing. You know, recently I went to karaoke with some friends and I was so, so grateful because one of the friends in the group picked the restaurant and he texted me separate from the friend group. And he said, Hey, I picked this restaurant in Portland because they have a mocktail. Uh, And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. So it was super supportive, but I have never done karaoke, Jess, and be grateful that I don't because (laughs) I'm terrible at it. My husband, Kyle, he's great at it. He's, he loves it. (laughs) All the friends, like they all are like in choirs. They really, it's unfair advantage, but I never, so I would never do it. And it was funny because I almost needed like the, you know, the liquid courage, as people yeah. say, that never worked for me. It was this courage and bravery that I've had now in proving to myself that I can keep this, um, keep this promise to myself. Mm-hmm. I went and sang my heart out. It was terrible. I know there's recordings <laughs> of it. They better not ever make their way online, but I just did. I think the, you know, honoring that this, 
promise to myself mm -hmm. has really helped me build the confidence to lift some weight in the gym, to mm -hmm. start a podcast about what I'm unhappy with in healthcare, to, you know, to go karaoke. You know, I've, I'm really building the momentum around confidence is where I think my biggest uh, uh, happy, joyful thing from not drinking has come from. And so, yeah, it's just been, it's been really fun. And, you know, I like to tell the karaoke story and the, um, the Thanksgiving and the Santa story are probably the hardest for mm -hmm. me to tell, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, and it, it brings up a lot of guilt that I'm still trying to unpack, but it's a way of also for me to remember that it wasn't embarrassing myself in front of my entire family. It wasn't um, guilt. Gosh, it wasn't even Santa Claus that could get me to stop drinking. <laughs> it really was when I decided to do this for myself and started to see all the yeah. possibilities and the confidence that came with it that I really started to be excited and gain momentum. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think none of those situations feel good, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the moment. It's hard to talk about them, but look at where you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes my husband and I are such big fans of the everything happens for a reason. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when it's in the moment, but then you look and you're like, well, gosh, because of that, I learned this. And because that happened, man, I decided to do this, you know? And so yeah. all of these little, you know, turning points in your journey get you to where you are right now, which is just so inspiring. And I must know the most important question I'm sure all of the listeners and myself are wondering is what did you sing? <laughs> we, we must know what you sang. Oh, I should have put that in the off limits uh, category. <laughs> what do you not want to talk about? I'm an open book, Jess. Oh, uh, you're going to so put good. it to the test. <laughs> oh, this is what I will say. And you could pick up the, my friend put it on the prompt as a joke. It is a, um, it is a very infamous, uh, I think it's a Nicki Minaj rap song that has a lot of anatomy <laughs> referenced in it. And that's where, that's as far as I'll go. Uh, yeah. but I, Ear, earmuffs children. Earmuffs. No. Uh, yes, I knew all of the words and yes, it was. <laughs> and you, you know, nailed it. And I nailed it. And I was, I was, I was, I was pretty amazing, Jess, I gotta oh say. My gosh. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I adore the cheesecake story, um, the driving home, because sometimes what feels like such a small thing is so just monumental in our journey. Like I remember, and I've shared this on here before, but just the being able to have both arms around my boys when we watch mm. a movie, because it used to be that I always had one hand on my wine glass. Yep. And so that first time I had both arms around, I'm going to get all choked up too. It was just like, mm -hmm. what, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you just get past that. And then it's just, it's a whole new day, you know, a whole new chapter, which is, which is really exciting. So. Yeah, it is. My other little thing is I, again, I didn't notice that the kids would always ask if they could have a drink of my drink. Mm. And honestly, nine times out of 10, they couldn't. And uh, they don't have to ask. They, yeah. the, the worst case scenario is it's like kombucha that they don't like. Like, totally. You know, and now <laughs> I have to share my drinks with them, but that's okay. I know. 
I used to tell my kids Lara bars were like super spicy because it was the one snack I could get. So maybe I needed to save some of my mocktails are super spicy. That's oh, what you that's should use. Such a oh pro tip, Jess. That's there a pro tip. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'm looking at my list. Um I would love to know, we know you're doing all of these other new things because of this, which I think is the beauty of sobriety because, and you explained it so well, where it's just, it's like this ricochet, you know, like once you remove this thing and you start achieving these different things, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like you're remembering who you are and you're also just using this momentum to see what else you can accomplish. So I would love to know what else is in store for you? What are some of your dreams? What do you think is going to be possible? I know, you, like I said, you're doing the podcast, but what else? What else is on the horizon? Oh, thanks for asking. I think I, I'm really excited for the for getting healthier and for what that means. And also just the, the example that I get to be for both of my kids, but I probably more so for my daughter, who's a little bit younger, you know, they're very used to mom dieting, mom exercising, but always in like a negative way. And I've been able to really flip it because we talk a lot about how mom doesn't drink alcohol now Mm -hmm. and mom's eating, measuring her food because she needs to get stronger because she's going to lift really heavy in the gym this week. And so I'm excited for that journey and being able to shift both my mindset and that of the kiddos around health being a really positive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have this uh, crazy idea about um, really just influencing healthcare and the industry that I love and I've dedicated most of my adult life to. You know, I think um, we really normalize drinking. We normalize long hours, no breaks, you know, it's like a weird badge of honor in my world that like, it's almost like who worked the most amount of hours, who ate mm. through lunch. Like, you know, if you came in, you're like, I got two hours of sleep, you get like, oh yeah, you're working really hard and we can see it. You know, it's like literally the opposite of what every study tells us is going to increase productivity, which that's mm-hmm. what we need in order to make big changes in healthcare. We're going to have to keep all of our brilliant, sharp minds clear and sharp. Sure. And so I am i would say some of my motivation for this is also figuring out how to do both in my with myself, right? How do I make my health and my priority, um, have my health and my priority, my health and my wellness a priority and still um, have a really big uh, job and with a lot of accountability in the mm-hmm. hospital and, you know, and, and, and maybe there, down the road, that means I can help other people that are, and maybe I'll be able to shift this mindset in healthcare that we need to work yeah. 80 hours a week, right? Because it's not working. You don't have to turn on the news for more than an hour to see how much in distress healthcare is. Sure. And so, you know, I think some of the other industries, and I'm not saying they don't work hard at all, please, please don't hear that. But they've been able to shift the, the you know, sort of the expectations because they just, they sort of demanded it, right? The employees mm-hmm. were like, we're not going to do this anymore. Right. And it really made like the tech companies and other re- 
big companies, they had to shift. And the new sort of generations are also driving that, you know, our labor market is telling us what they need us to do. But in healthcare, our big barrier is that if we just stop working too much or just demand I'm going to go on my break, our consumers are sick people, right? They're sure. patients. And so I don't know anybody that I work with that's willing to do that. So yeah. we're going to have to think about it differently. We can't just say, we can't put our foot down and say, we're no longer working these many hours. You guys figure it out because right. you guys are patients, right? So right. I I totally rambled there. I went on a soapbox. No, but I love it. You can feel your passion though. <laughs> and that's do. what I love. I love it. And I have to say, like, I think all this, all this clarity, all this time that I have, all these edges that I kept cutting off, mm -hmm. it's been really, that's been the inertia that I needed to help me get really excited about instead of just in this rut of, gosh, I'm in healthcare, I'm supposed to be stressed and tired all the time to what a amazing opportunity to be in healthcare, to be a part of the change to yeah. um, and be an example. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think something I remember someone saying so long ago was just, you know, you can be upset about it. You can be frustrated. You can just, you know, vent about it so much, or you could try to be part of the solution. Mm, so you good. Know? Yeah. And I mean, why not? And I think that's exactly what you're doing here where it's like, okay, I've played the small piece. I've done, you know, just kind of gone with the flow for so long, but now I've seen this light. I have this time. I have this clear mind. What if I try to make a difference? Yeah. What if I be a voice? What if I start to inspire others or try to come up with a solution? Easy yeah. peasy. I know you'll Easy. solve it like tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just, just follow along. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I, I, that, that confidence and that momentum, I, I really do. I'm like crazy enough to think that you know, I won't do it alone, but maybe I could be a part of that. And I'll exactly. tell you a year ago, I was just, I was figuring out how I could get out of nursing quickly because it sure. was just too much. And so, yeah, it's been, I'm excited. You can yeah. see it on me. I know you can't see it over the, maybe because I'm talking faster. You can, <laughs> you can hear the passion, but <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's after there. we get off of this, that's it. I've got to yeah. do these five things. <laughs> With my, my ginger list. beer. You guys should see her hands right now. They are up and down and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. And I think I say this every week when I'm just like, oh, I could talk to you forever. And I wish I could. Um, but I would love to just wrap up with my favorite question of the whole interview, which is what I ask everybody every week. And that is to the one person or many that are listening right now and feeling inspired to make a change. What advice can you give them? Oh, man. I love this question because I listen to all your episodes, but it feels different when you're asked that question. <laughs> when the microphone's in your face. Like, oh, <laughs> what would I say? Um, I think the one, maybe it's two parts. It's find whatever community looks like for you, whether there's so many different things and thank God there's so many options mm -hmm. and there's something that will fit right for you. And it doesn't have to be the, you know, 
the, the first thing you try, but I cannot emphasize the community enough and the really focusing on your why and why you are doing that and whether you have to put a hundred post-it notes around your house, um, on your phone, whatever you do. Um, and for me, the why had to be about making myself proud. It couldn't be, like I said, it couldn't be the kids. It couldn't be anything else. Unfortunately, it was, it was me. I had to do it for me. So that's what I would say. I love it. I love it. Well, I will have all of the information on how to reach you in the show notes, not your address or anything, but, um, (laughs) you know, just if people want to reach out, but I would love for you to share what is the best way. I mean, where can they find your podcast? How can they find you in the the social media world? If you want to share. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, um, I know you should, uh, I should, you'll probably have to edit this last part out because I'm just going to keep talking and talking to you, Jess, because it's been, but I, I really believe in how um, you never know what you're going to post that somebody's going to see or be get excited mm-hmm. about. You know, I was really inspired by you and just be opening up my world to how much of the sober journey it is. And I thank you for all you're putting out into oh, the world because I really think it's, you never know to your point of who it's going to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And I am being vulnerable, right? With my job, I do. Um, there's some risks in sharing sure. my story. Um, but you would be surprised at how many people that I didn't know followed me on Instagram that come up to me sort of in the hallway and be like, Hey, I haven't told anybody, but I haven't drank in three months or, oh, and so I love that so much. I love it too. So to your point, my podcast, which, um, I'm just getting started is, uh, between the bedside and the boardroom. So I'm having tough conversations about what we need to do to change healthcare. And it is on, you know, Spotify and Apple and all those things. And then I'm just um, a McDougal 84 on Instagram. I'm not a nothing fancy there, but uh... (laughs) perfect. it's perfect. I'll have both of those in the show notes so that people can easily click on it and say hello or tune in. And what else? Did we hit it all? I think so. I, now I have all these questions for, for you and all, but that's not what this is about. Oh, well, thank you again. I just, I can't say it enough. I appreciate every single one of my guests that come on and it's been a treat just to hear your whole story too. Cause I know we've been keeping in contact, but it just is a different level of special to hear it it all live right here. So, <laughs> well, you. I appreciate the opportunity. There's some, I'm so nervous, as you know, before you hit record uh, about, well, I'm going to talk too much. I'm going to say too much, but there's something really cathartic about saying your story. And yeah. Yeah. So thank you. You bet. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Friends, thank you so much for listening. If you have a second, will you just leave a little review or five stars? It would help so much and I just would appreciate it more than you know. Thank you.